In a world where all the movies are about superheroes, two friends team up to talk about movies from a simpler time, a time before iPhones. They'll search for deeper meaning, mock things they don't like, and of course, there will be spoilers. Please join Terrence McHenry and Hollis Lazzarini as they get real nostalgic. Well, welcome, everyone. Yes, thank you again for listening, listeners. Thank you. <laughs> My name is Hollis Lazzarini. I'm Terrence McHenry. And uh, this week we watched... The movie The Monty Python Search for the Holy Grail. <laughs> 1975. It's a good year. I was three. Wow. Yes. Just a tot. Just a tot. A little Terrence. <laughs> a little Terrence. <laughs> So some of the particulars, this one was directed by two directors, actually, uh, Terry Gilliam and Terry Jones. Nice. This, they were both rookie directors. Mm -hmm. I thought that was amazing. Uh, It was written by Terry Gilliam, Terry Jones, Graham Chapman, John Cleese, Eric Idle, and Michael Palin. The whole crew. Yeah. Terry Jones went on to direct, I believe, the rest of the Monty Python films. Okay. And then Terry Gilliam directed, I just picked a few, mm-hmm. The Fisher King. Okay. 12 Monkeys. Wow. And Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I love Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I, I was actually going to suggest that as one of the movies that we do this to. It just, it's a great movie. It really is. We didn't, we totally didn't decide. Yeah. Is that what we're going to do? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it because okay. I had had some suggestions, but okay. that's one that we can at least, you know, do in the future, no doubt. All right. Yeah. Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, and Genesis all contributed to the budget to get this film made. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, that's how low budget it actually was. They needed, I think they made it for 200000 Okay. Which, I mean, that's a lot of money, but... Especially in the 70s. <laughs> right, right. So in 75, 200 grand was like a lot of fucking money. Like, yeah. that's serious back then. Right. So, yeah. And the other thing that I found really amusing was... The opening scene mm-hmm. when Arthur's coming over the hill and yes. we see he's not actually riding a horse and he yeah. we got the, the coconuts. The coconuts, yes. That was because they used coconuts because they couldn't afford to have real horses. Wow. And I loved that so much because it was to brilliant. me it's one of the most amazing parts of this film yeah. is they're so serious yeah. as they're riding along. Oh, yeah. With the co- it's too much. It's too. It's just so great. It's it's so cool because even when like they do like the slow down, it's like like a horse would, you know, as it slowed down, and like he, it's it's so awesome. Like it always, I I know it's coming, and it still cracks me up. Yeah, yeah. So, um, the cast. The cast is. I mean, they're they're awesome. Like I just, I, I what I really want to know is, did they have uh, a script per se that they that they maybe that they kind of worked off of but i it, i feel like some of the comedy of it was kind of off the cuff like like things like when um when he's walking with or riding with his patsy mm-hmm. and um they come upon what he thinks is an old woman <laughs> And he he goes, old woman. And he goes, man. (laughs) And then the the other lady, uh, the other character comes in. I I think it's a man playing a woman. Uh 
She drops down and goes, oh, there's some lovely filth here. Yes. Like, and I wonder if those things were scripted or whether they were, you know, ad lib or off the cuff because it, it was just brilliant. And, and, and of course they could script that, you know what yeah. I mean? They could write it, but it, I, I, I just really wonder if that was the case. They've all discussed and, and, in different interviews, whether or not there was ad-libbing. Mm-hmm. And um, John Cleese, on his end, at least has said there wasn't for him. Okay. One of the ones I really liked and I wondered was an ad-lib was, uh, she goes, he must be a king. And he goes, why do you think that? And he goes, because he hasn't got shit all over him. <laughs> like, And I was like, "That's that's got to be an ad-lib. Like, <laughs> come on, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Like. And it was so off the cuff and so quick. That's what made me think that it was an ad lib. Oh, yeah. It was like so well-timed and just brilliant comedy. You know what I mean? And, and I love that about this movie. I mean, I've seen this movie so many times that I could literally quote it while watching it. So I typically watch this movie alone because I don't want to piss people off and then be like, shut the fuck up, dude. I just want to watch this movie. It's And it's funny to me, even though I know it's coming, like, I'll quote it and then bust a gut laughing. Right. Like, and I love that about this movie. So the Arthur legend, are you are you familiar? Did you, I mean, besides Sword in the Stone, which was my introduction that, to That the... was my introduction to it. And then, then this then this came along. And I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'd always thought both were kind of a myth. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, you know, the pulling a child pulling a sword out of a stone and nobody else could do it. Like, yeah, that's just it's mythical shit, you know, exactly. And- Watching this film and seeing them take their myth mm-hmm. and do just drag it all over the place. You see it in so many different ways where they're kind of making fun for sure. <laughs> The argument with the guy, the people in the mud. Yes, he's was, like, he's like, uh, well, how did you become king? And he's like, the lady of the lake. And he goes into the whole story about how she gives him the sword, the, you know, the, the the Excalibur. And the guy's response was, if 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 I would have said that I was king because some moistened bent gives me a throws a saber at me, you would think I was loony. Like and like I I I loved how brilliant even these peasants were. You know what I mean? When yeah. they're talking about their autonomous society and they were they were so just brilliant and so on it and and then argumentative, like, well, I didn't vote for you. Like, you don't vote for king. Well, how do you become king, you know? And I just love the back and forth because yeah. all that was funny to me. Like, all of it, you know? And, and it was just, it was perfect. I keep, I keep going to that word, but it's like a perfect comedy to me. It really is. When I was in high school, I had to read the Canterbury Tales and I had this English teacher who was really passionate, had a theater background. Okay. During her lectures, she would be talking about King Arthur, Lancelot, whatever, mm-hmm. and she'd just break into song. Really? Operatic song. I am not going to even try to do it. <laughs> you know, at the time in high school, we always made fun of her for it. Mm-hmm. But now it's kind of endearing to me. that it's, sure. it's almost like that's how she was keeping our attention. Of course she was. And you don't, you know, as kids, we didn't appreciate that as much. But when you look back at that now and you see those teachers and you're like, wow, they were they were really good. And they, they did that little bit extra that they didn't obviously have to do that. You know what I mean? But Right. 
She kept your attention. Exactly. Yeah. We could talk about this movie for quite some time. Yeah, this would be a very long podcast. But we're not going to do that. No. Narrowed it down. Yes. And I want to start with the fight with the Black Knight. I love that scene. I do. And I, I love how King Arthur and Patsy, they they kind of stay back and they're watching. And they there are times when they think it's over and they're going to step out. But it keeps kind of going on. And uh, Arthur is very impressed by the Black Knight. Right. And my favorite line in it is, you know, he goes up to them and he, to the Black Knight and he's like, you have fought so bravely, Black Knight. I want you to join my 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 table at Lancelot or my table at Camelot. And all this knight says nothing. Absolutely not <laughs> one word. And he keeps going and he keeps trying. And he keeps trying. And finally, his retort is, you make me sad. <laughs> come patsy none shall pass <laughs> what i love that scene i really do i just love all the machismo in it too I mean, yes. it, that isn't that actually it's just that the knight he can't even fathom that he's unable to fight yeah even when limbless. Yes. You know, the first arm goes off and he says, it's just a scratch. It's just a scratch. He's like, what? Your arm's off. No, it's not. No, it's not. Well, what's that? It's merely a flesh wound. <laughs> I've had worse. No, you haven't. <laughs> I'll bite your leg. I love that scene and it cracks me up every time. Like, it's it so really great. does. Like, and the scene before it where he's fighting the. The guy where where Arthur and and Patsy are just watching, mm-hmm. it's so brutal and so just hardcore. Like they're beating the shit out of each other, you know. And of course, the Black Knight wins, and he wins by throwing his sword through this little small slot of an eyelid, and it goes through the dude's skull. Oh right. Yeah, and then you watch him like put his foot on the knight's helmet and pull the sword out. And I just thought that was awesome. The, uh, John Cleese, and I can't remember who played the Green Knight, mm-hmm. but they did all of that themselves. Okay. They really wanted to learn or just, you know, throw those. Terry heavy... Gilliam was the Green Knight. Okay, yeah. I think he had, one of them had like 12 different roles. Michael Palin was the first Swallow Savvy Guard, Dennis, Peasant 2, Righthead, Sir Galahad the Pure, the narrator, King of the Swamp Castle, Brother Maynard's brother, and the leaders of the knights who say, me. The knights yeah. say me. So Michael Palin had the most roles. Okay. Their take on Arthur, from my perspective, was that he's confident, mm-hmm. but he's also, he kind of, to me, comes off as an idiot at mm-hmm. certain points where, yeah. and maybe he's just arrogant. Yeah. So much is lost on him and, mm-hmm. and because he doesn't really seem to understand the world he's traveling through. Yeah. Which was illustrated by the, the conversation with the two peasants in the mud pit. Yes. They don't even know what the king of the Britons is. Yeah. <laughs> Who are the Britons? We all are. <laughs> <laughs> but he kind of is running around trying to explain himself the whole time. Like, I'm Arthur. I'm your king. I'm and your they're king. like, what are you talking yeah. about? And, but he doesn't lose confidence. He just keeps going with his little story. He gets frustrated, but sure. he keeps he keeps going on with it. He doesn't let them stop him from telling the story. And then even when they're telling their story, he's like, "Go on, like yeah. finish." Like you know what I mean? Like he's just yeah. My 
next favorite scene was the taunting French guard. Yes. He makes the movie for me. Okay. He fills my heart with joy. Okay. Um, What better insult after a string of insults is when he tells Arthur to leave before he taunts him a second time. Yes. Is the final insult. I loved his, your mother was a hamster and your father smelled of elderberries. That was a terrible French accent. I apologize to the French. But I love that. Your mother was a hamster and your father smelled of elderberries. I just want to use all of his lines if I ever need to mm-hmm. attempt to taunt or insult someone. Mm-hmm. You know, I blow my nose at you. Yes. <laughs> or I fart in, in your general direction. <laughs> I was like, and I also wondered, what is an elderberry? Like I said, is an elderberry like old man balls? Oh. Those could be elderberries, right? That's a very good <laughs> Elderberries, right? Elderberries. You know what I'm saying? Like, your mother was a hamster and your father smelled like elderberries. Like, that is a complete insult right That's... there. I might want to fight at that point. Yeah. Like, you're really talking about my dad, dude. He doesn't lick old man balls. Fuck no. you. <laughs> But in that scenario, I totally would want to be the French guard. Yes. You know, you're Mm -hmm. safe in your tower. Mm -hmm. Crazy train with no horse who thinks he's riding a horse Mm -hmm. is down below. Uh We're good. Yeah. He's like, and he's like, uh, uh, I'll tell him, but I don't think he'll be interested. He's like, why is that? He's like, we already got one. He's like, you you already have a a holy grail oh yeah it's very nice he's like well can we see it no no you can't oh i I love it i kind of feel like the american portrayals of french of the french Uh and the british portrayals of the french are pretty much on the same like they're the same yeah and it's so hilarious yes i'm sorry french people (laughs) again we apologize i'm not taunting you (laughs) i'm not at all (laughs) Not at all. I'm just trying to quote the movie. Swear. That's it. <laughs> so when they meet the Enchanter. Tim. Yes. yes. <laughs> One of the things I love is that they see him from afar. And, and all they really see is just explosions happening. Him pointing and, and ex- the explosions, explosions happening. happening. Yes. And what's the reaction? Let's move toward let's, that. Let's go walk let's toward Let's go over there. Yeah. Let's check that out i would do the exact opposite i'd be like yo that dude could point at me and blow me the fuck up like i'm not gonna go over there i'm not trying to die like that today like nah but no they're brave and they were led by arthur and lancelot right you know and so they they go over there to him and i love how he's like they call me and you expect it to be this intricate name and he says Tim? Right. Yeah, I loved it. The first time I watched it, uh-huh. that they expected it, or I expected it to be Merlin. Yes. Based on all of the, the Arthur stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it's Tim. Yeah, no doubt. Tim seems to have all this information that he doesn't quite clearly, he doesn't lay it all out for them. No. From He Tim. does not tell them enough about the rabbits. Yeah. Well, he Tim kind of like well, he, he, he does. He, he does once they're there. <laughs> he, he just he well, he tells them that there's an animal that guards this area that has killed so many men. And it's so it's such a ghastly animal that he actually makes one of the knights shit himself. Right. 
because he's talking about how this thing is going to kill everybody and it's it's crazy and so when they finally get to where the cave is he's he's like well let's go over there and he's like let's try to get over there before the monster comes in tim says it's too late (laughs) there he is and you're like where and he's like right there and he's like behind the rabbit (laughs) it's like no it is the rabbit and they're pissed they're like dude you had us scared like you told us it was this this monster this this crazy being and it's a rabbit and tim's response is he's like look at the bones and he's got teeth and he's using his hands and fingers like teeth right and uh Arthur tells one of the knights to go over and lop its head off. He's like, and he's like, right. Puts his helmet on and goes out and gets killed. Yeah. And he's like, Tim's like, I told you, I told you. <laughs> and I love it because the rabbit's like flying around, like yes. brutalizing all these knights who are in armor and got swords. And it's just hilarious. I love it. But when you try to put yourself in that same kind of position and it's like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to run into this calamitous situation and, mm-hmm. and risk my life yeah. for this golden cup. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess if you all saw the vision of God mm-hmm. telling you to go on this quest, yes. you know, maybe it adds another layer. For sure. It took out like five of them, right? It did. It took a lot of them out and they had to use the holy hand grenade. <laughs> in order to actually get rid of said rabbit. And it was Brother Maynard and his brother that had it. And he, he explains to King Arthur how the holy hand grenade works and how he has to count to three, not to four, not to two, only to three. <laughs> and uh, Arthur cannot, as brave as he is and all that, can't seem to get it right. And he's like, one, two, five, three, sir. <laughs> three. And then he throws it and you see the fluff of white fur. Yes. And yeah, they're able to go on. So once they get past the rabbits, I think that's when they get to the pit of eternal peril. Yes, where they have to answer the questions three. It seems like a pretty daunting situation until... It was King, no, it was Lancelot that Lancelot went first. went first, and his questions were very easy. Right, which, which gave Robin some confidence to, sure did. to just step right up there. For sure did, and, and it was to his demise. Yes. <laughs> because he couldn't decide his real favorite color. Or what it was the capital of... Oh, Asteria. Yes. What was the capital of Asteria? What? I don't know. <laughs> Oh, it was great. It really was. And uh, I love how that scene ended with Arthur knowing, you know, the 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 laden flaps of the the swallow and oh, right. and the guy asks him what was the laden basically how many how many wing flaps? You know, a, a, a swallow has to flap its wing 45 times a second in order to maintain airspeed velocity and he says you know how what's the laden of of a swallow the laden of i forget what he says exactly and he says well an african swallow or a european swallow and i was like what well i don't know Ah!" (laughs) (laughs) 
And he was just so brilliant on everything to do with swallows and ducks and all that. You know, the scene with the witch was one of my favorite scenes. Ah. And it's where the people are all like, we have a witch. Can we burn her? You know, like, how do you know she's a witch? Because she looks like one. (laughs) She's like, I'm not a witch. I am not a witch. And they had dressed her like that. And he's like, did you dress her like this? And they're like, no. A bit. A bit. (laughs) Yes, we did do the nose, but she has a wart. You know, I love that scene and how they decipher, decipher, excuse me, that she's a witch because she burns. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, what else burns? And they're like, wood. And all these other, like, you know, what what do you use to make a bridge out of? You know, they're like, oh, but can't you also make a bridge out of stone, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And they decipher that, she would have to weigh the same as a duck. Right. Because she's made of wood, and that's why she can burn. And when they do weigh her on the scales, she actually does. Like, they weigh, and she fesses to it pretty much. She did? She goes, it's a fair cop. Because she the scales didn't, and she was like, it's oh, a fair well, cop. You got me. Like, you got me. I'm a witch. And I just love that scene, though. And he's like, how do you know she's a witch? She turned me into a newt. Right. And he's like, I, I got better. Like, yeah. you know, I love that scene, though. And it's just, it's, again, it's like brilliant comedy. And, again, I wonder if some of that was off the cuff, mm-hmm. if some of that was ad-libbed or if that was scripted. If you guys ever want to come on the show and answer these questions. I would probably like shit myself by meeting you guys and just spending time with you. I don't, I really wouldn't. You'd tell me to go change my armor. Right. I would love that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's a great movie. The writing is really, really great. Yeah. It's, again, I think it's currently ranked as it's in the top 10 wow. for comedies all okay. time, I believe. And those, those charts fluctuate for sure. But for sure they do. Oh, it's so good, though. It is. It really is. And I like I said, I keep going back to like a perfect comedy, and it is. And it's those scenes about like the African swallow and the European swallow, but the African swallow is non-migratory and all that. Like, I love that scene. And he's like, but they could carry it. And he's like, but they would have to use a bit of creeper. And he's like, under the dorsal feathers? Well, why not? You know what I mean? Like, I just <laughs> love that the discussion even went there. Yeah. And that it was, well, how did you get it? How did you get the coconuts? We found them. You found them? It's like, <laughs> this is a temperate zone. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> the coconuts are tropical. They're not going to grow here. Are you telling me? He's like, but the European swallow migrates in the winter? He's like, are you telling me that coconut migrates? <laughs> and again, it's perfect comedy. Like, yeah. It's all about the timing and they deliver it. Beautifully. They like, really do. It really is about like, the timing. Really yeah. yes. At one point in the film when you basically have, they, they all go their separate ways. Mm-hmm. This is before everything we just talked about. Yes. They kind of do a, a story for each night. Yes. As I was watching them, I thought, well, mm-hmm. I, wonder what, I wonder which night Terrence identifies with. So tell me, of those, of those stories that you saw, was it uh, was Lancelot? Galahad. Galahad. And Sir Robin, the not, not so, so brave as, as Sir Lan- Lancelot. Yes. yes. 
I kind of kind of likened myself to Lancelot mm-hmm. more, and I think even a bit of Arthur. Mm-hmm. Um, as as I mean, I'd like to say that I'm brave, but I don't know. I've not really had to be put in a situation to where I've had to truly be brave. You know what I mean? But um, I would like to think that I would be brave in a situation where need be. But I think more toward Lancelot. Like, I love the scene where he goes running up and there's the two guards standing there. And it keeps repeating itself. Uh It seems like he's getting closer and then they show it again and he's farther away. (laughs) And then they show it again and he's a little closer. And then they show it again and he's farther away. And the next thing you know, he's swiping at these dudes. And the one dude's like... Hey, like, yeah, and they were just so nonchalanty guards. And I think there's even a guard that's kind of picking at a flower in <laughs> one scene, you know, and they're just like, but uh, yeah, so I, I think more, more Lancelot than anything. Although I did like the scene with the guy in the, yeah, in the, the oh, yes, with Galahad. That Galahad, I was yes. thinking that, well, Terrence would not <clears throat> be upset, no, and I would have insisted that Lancelot leave. And let me partake in the spankings and the oral the sex. Peril, right. Yes, like he would have not have been able to stop me from that. I, Just a I was, little bit of peril. Yeah. Are like, you sure? Yeah, Just... I could take it. And he would not have been able to drag me out of there. So, it, yeah. And I guess, actually, Galahad um, is Lancelot's son. Is it? In the, in, the, in the mythology. Okay, I did not know that. I didn't either. Wow. And I thought that was weird because, well, in this interpretation, they're like the same age. For me... It was easy. Um, <laughs> I'd be Sir Robin. <laughs> and the not so brave the is not Sir so Lancelot. Brave. <laughs> but I think he was he was just smart. Sure. I don't know that he was necessarily a coward. I think he just he outsmarted the the knights that wanted to kill him the the three-headed knight yeah and I, I agree with you yeah i think he was smart not that he was a coward he just went about it the easier way he's a thinker he's a thinker and the thing that hit me initially was robin he brings all the minstrels uh-huh. and i'm like that's so me like if i'm going on a road trip i have to have music <laughs> so um, and then as I'm hearing the songs, yes. which are so amazing. Yes, they are. But by the time he gets to the three, their three headed night, mm-hmm. he is intelligent enough to know that this is a situation he may not make it out of. And mm-hmm. so he does the slow like backup. Well, he, he <laughs> I think he gets the opportunity to leave because the three headed knights couldn't decide right away what they wanted to do. Yeah. One wanted to kill him. The other one wanted tea and biscuits, and the other one was like he didn't he didn't care. He was like, oh no, you know, like, and so because they couldn't collectively come up with the decision, and at first they were talking to him directly, and then it turned from him to the three of them going on about whatever one he's your breath's bad and he's like it's only because i'm in the middle and you don't brush my teeth and you (laughs) snore no i don't yes you do like they they start arguing amongst themselves and he sees the opportunity to scarper as they the three-headed knights say scarper scarper he goes he scarpered oh yeah and then of course 
the 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 minstrels change all of the songs about anything about Sir Robin's bravery into just what a yellow bellied coward yes. he is. Yes. And, He's like, no, I wasn't. <laughs> and, you know, and it, of course he, he proves his, um, his powers of observation once again mm-hmm. it, at the, at the, what was it? The pit of peril or whatever. Yes. Um, when, when the questions are asked and he sees Lancelot just breeze right through him, he's the next one up. He's like, okay, I got this. Uh, because he thinks. He's like, oh, oh that's easy. <laughs> and that would be me. Like, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I got that. I know the answers to those questions. That's no easy. Problem. <laughs> you just took the sting out of that. I'm just waltz right up there. As I was watching this film, I just felt like you guys had. I bet you had so much fun yes. making this movie. And then when I read about the making of this movie, they didn't have fun making this movie at all. Really? No. Um, it was they, it was filmed in Scotland, uh-huh. and it was always cold and foggy. Mm-hmm. And so they were wearing wool. And so more often than not, they were soaking wet wow. in the cold. And I guess when they would wrap, wherever they were staying – there wasn't a lot of hot water. Uh-huh. And so they would, it would be a race back to the hotel. <laughs> to see if you get the hot water for yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Because I had always wondered, like, during this movie, while they were making it, would there be these scenes where it was so funny to them that they would just break out in laughter? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and they'd have to be like, cut, like. Come on, you guys, like, let's be professional here. Like, let's get this going. Let's make sure that we can do this. Like, that's how I kind of looked at it. And it's it's funny that you tell me that they're like, no. Any kind of sketch comedy, one of my favorites is like the Carol Burnett show. I was just going to bring that up. I love that show. And I watched that so much growing up. But I always remember, like, that show was so funny. And there were, you'd see Tim Conway oh, or, or Don Knotts. And they would be basically biting like you they'd be like laughing Mm -hmm. but they'd be trying to contain it because they were on tv and having but it was so funny like i I, yeah i think it was tim conway too who was like he never he hardly ever broke yeah and you can see him break everybody else yes and it is sheer joy to me to watch that and so whenever i see that and and also in those types of situations like the carol burnett show and also with monty python they've been doing all of this for so long together Mm -hmm. they know the way to like you know like i'm gonna i'm gonna get them and and they can and the fact that they went on to make what is it three others Mm -hmm. i'm gonna take you back to the scene with lancelot okay the wedding scene, right? Yeah, the wedding okay. scene. Yes, so yes. once Lancelot does finally make it, mm-hmm. what happens to the to, to to the wedding party? To the wedding party, he he kills probably a good handful of them. He he kicks the 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 the, the princess in the chest, the bride. He kicks her in the chest. Uh, he damn near killed the father. I think one of them claimed that he 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 killed his auntie. She, he killed my auntie. And <laughs> there's there's something that we can take from that. Okay. Really, it comes down to this. As an individual, do yourself a favor 
and figure out what's going on. Collect the data before uh-huh. you just spring into action. <laughs> Maybe take a pause. Survey their surroundings. Oh, look, it's a wedding. No one's in danger. I don't need to kill these people. You might just save lives. Oh, yes, yes. Take a moment. Right. Don't don't kick the bride in her chest. No. No. <laughs> um, but that's, honestly, that's one of my favorite scenes. Like, it cracks me up every time. Like, he's just like, just stabbing away and then when he comes out after he's talked to the king and he doesn't realize that the king's gonna try to shack him up with the girl that his son was supposed to marry and they're kind of just walking out nonchalant like nothing had happened just a few minutes before and they're like there he is and he just starts slicing and dicing again and he's like i'm sorry i'm so i'm so sorry like i i love the movie it's great because you just buttressed the point there because There's no repercussions for Lancelot, but I'm telling you, listeners, (laughs) if you pull a Lancelot, there's going to be serious consequences. (laughs) Don't be like Lancelot in that moment. Do not. You know. Yes. All right. So what are we? What are we going to watch next week? Wow. Did you have a couple ideas? A couple thoughts? I keep saying that I want to do Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh huh. But I was also thinking. Um, maybe doing a Mel Brooks movie or two. And I was thinking Blazing Saddles. Ooh. And I have to tell you, it's it's one of my favorite movies, and I saw it when I was super young. And I've always loved Mel Brooks movies, and, and we could do you know quite a few of those because he's done so many. Yeah. And to me, they're all funny. Some of them, especially uh, Blazing Saddles, not that I am... Uh, I'm for racism. I am not at all. <laughs> but that movie was back when I think racism was kind of cool, you know, at least the jokes. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And this movie is funny on so many levels. Perfect. Okay. All right. Thanks again, everybody that yeah, listens. Thank you, everyone. We appreciate you. Keep listening. Tell friends about us. Uh, and we'll yeah. be back at you next week. For sure. Thank you again for downloading. We hope you liked it. Real Nostalgic is produced by Hollis Lazzarini with additional support from me, Terrence McHenry. Our logo was designed by Carissa Westfall. Please check out our website, realnostalgic.com. Like, share, subscribe, and write to us. We'd love to hear from you.